Hello, everyone. Um, welcome back to episode two of Are You Watering Your Plants? Uh, once again, I'm Ari. I'm Matt. And today we're going to be talking about happiness and how you can cultivate happiness more so in your life. Um, and we're just going to start off talking about like the different types of happiness. Um, there's essentially two different types of happiness uh, that we're going to be kind of breaking apart here. So one of the types of happiness is known as hedonic happiness, which is characterized by pleasure and enjoyment. Um, so that's something like typically like living fast and having fun and not worrying too much about the future. And then eudaimonic happiness, on the other hand, is characterized by meaning and purpose. Yeah. Um, I feel like like hedonic happiness comes from the word hedonism. Hedonism is like very uh self-centeredness. It's a very self-centered kind of like outlook on life and like yeah. everything is kind of oriented towards yourself and your own needs. Whereas I feel like eudaimonic happiness is more characterized by like essentially getting your happiness and sense of joy and purpose from other things in life, like your community, uh, helping others, things like that. So I feel like that's kind of a very big difference between the two. Um, some yeah. other like topics, I guess, that we're going to be covering today is the the topic of psychological well-being and flourishing uh, flourishing is a really interesting topic within the topic of uh, positive psychology uh, flourishing is essentially like what I feel like we're all trying to strive for uh, flourishing is when positive emotions engagement positive relationships meaning and accomplishment are all optimized like all of those different dimensions are at like their best and that's what flourishing really is and that's essentially what we're striving for in life yeah be firing on all cylinders <laughs> that's, a then, way to, that's a way to put it <laughs> yeah and then like you were talking about psychological well-being that's one that will probably come up a lot both in this um episode and maybe future ones but that's just um, overall satisfaction with one's life and a higher proportion of positive emotions to negative ones. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it's like a, a balance, I guess. The more positive emotions and mm -hmm. negative emotions are kind of in a balance. I feel like a big misconception maybe that a lot of people have is that like you can't have a positive psychological well-being state if you have negative emotions but that's simply not true because i mean everyone has negative emotions at like every single day so yeah. it's more so of this balance that you're striving for i think um, yeah rather than the absence of negative emotions overall because that's just simply not really possible that not have negative emotions yeah no i totally agree and it's like you can try and stop thinking negatively but it's the same as like if i told you don't think of a giraffe 
I'm you thinking just saw the giraffe, didn't you? Yeah, I'm thinking of a giraffe now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'd say, like, no, I'm not going to have any negative thoughts. It just, it doesn't work that way. And you can try and empty your mind and all of that, but it's never going to, it's never going to happen. So you just kind of have to accept the negative sometimes, but yeah, and accepting it is leading to more positive. I think that kind of like dives into the idea of like being mindful in a way, because mm-hmm. Something that we talk about a lot in mindfulness meditation is the concept of rather than like suppressing your emotions or thoughts that are coming up, just being mindful of them, being aware of these thoughts, emotions, feelings, and rather than suppressing them, just accepting them and just bringing your attention back to your breath in the present moment. And, you know, like you're not trying to like, necessarily get rid of or suppress those negative emotions because you know ultimately that's going to lead to more problems down the road if you're not acknowledging these negative states and mm-hmm. that's something that I feel like happens a lot of the time for people is people will experience like a negative state or a negative emotion and then all of a sudden like they just don't want anything to do with it you know they want to suppress it they don't want to acknowledge it but then that just kind of compiles and compiles into a bigger and bigger issue that explodes a couple of weeks, days, months down the road. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Um, shoot, I had something to say, but I forgot. Eh, it's okay. <laughs> Maybe I'll remember. Yeah. Um. So I guess just talking about the hedonic and eudaimonic approaches, um, talking about the differences between them um the hedonic approach defines well-being as happiness interpreted as the occurrence of positive effect and absence of negative effects uh so that's kind of essentially we were just talking about so like trying to have that absence of the negative effect suppressing those negative emotions that's a very hedonic approach to happiness and like that's going to lead to problems down the road You know, and whereas eudaimonia uh, involves living a complete human life and realizing uh, the valued human potentials, uh, this is accepting, you know, those negative emotional states and, and, and things and just realizing that a complete human life involves both the positive and the negative. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, um, Living eudaimonically, um, I know, incorporates the self-determination theory and four motivational concepts, which I'll just name them now and we can really dive into them after. But um, one of the concepts is pursuing intrinsic goals for their own sake. Another is behaving in autonomous ways. Third is being mindful, which we kind of already talked about. And then The fourth is behaving in ways that satisfy basic psychological needs for competence, relatedness, and autonomy. I'm really interested in pursuing intrinsic goals for their own sake. Um, The difference between intrinsic and extrinsic, for anybody who doesn't know that's listening, intrinsic is very personal. Um, Like you're motivated to do something because you want to do it. 
and then extrinsic is motivated by external factors. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it may not be as meaningful or important to you, but you want to do it to achieve something for reasons that are other than your own desire. Yeah. And just thinking on like the topic of that, I guess, you know, the the difference between intrinsic and extrinsic goals and motivations is, well, the concept of motiv- motivation that comes with it. Um, I, you know, I personally can think of different times in my life where I've been more extrinsically motivated to do things in my life, you know, for other people, maybe my family, my parents, my friends, my community. And something that I've noticed by, you know, like, I feel like growing up, that was mostly what I was doing was it was a lot of extrinsic motivations to make my parents proud, make my friends proud, make my community, make my school proud. And like, that wasn't a fulfilling thing for me. You know, it, it, it served me for a certain time in my life, but I realized that I wasn't truly happy and I wasn't, I wasn't as motivated to do the things that like I like, like that I was doing, you know, essentially I was doing it for not myself. I was doing it for other people um, and maybe for status. Uh, and I think that I definitely shifted uh, what I was doing to more intrinsic uh, goals and motivations more so recently uh, because I've felt the shift now I've mm-hmm. I, I am more motivated to do things when I wake up in the morning I'm motivated to get certain things done rather than not having that motivation to do it because I'm doing it for somebody else it, yeah. there's just a huge difference that you you can feel between being intrinsically motivated and extrinsically motivated yeah i definitely agree with that that's good that you're starting to feel a shift to like you were saying yeah more motivation mm-hmm. yeah i just want to expand a little bit um on extrinsic and intrinsic values um Extrinsic values, kind of obviously, I guess, align with eudaimonics. Um, And some examples can be like wealth or power. Um, And contrarily, intrinsic values align with hedonics, such as the pursuit of human excellence and virtue and things along those lines. And I think, too, um, intrinsic values are first order and they're irreducible and with that like okay an example of that would be love because there's not really any other reason as to why you want to experience or to have love other than just to have it you know what i mean versus extrinsic values are reducible and so an example of that would be something like wealth or power and why do you want wealth or power so i can buy this this or this or control something or other you know what i mean yeah 
there was an there was an example of um a theoretical situation of a man who highly valued love but in turn he overly invested in achieving other things to enhance the lives of the people that he loved which by taking time away and investing in these derivative activities that are infrequently fulfilling drowns out the love that he had for his family um, because he was taking time away from them to achieve these other things, which he thought was helping, but. Yeah. Um, I think that is something that I feel I hear a lot that happens um, mm -hmm. in the context of families is kind of this uh, trying to figure out the balance between yeah. like work and family uh, and I feel like maybe work is an intrinsic goal or mm -hmm. extrinsic I'm not sure but yeah. it's there's there's a conflict there that arises mm -hmm. in which you have your own pursuit for wealth, power, whatever it is, but that's taking your time away from your family and causing distress within the family. Uh, is that kind of essentially what you're explaining? Yeah. 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 I think too, it can be really subjective whether those things are intrinsic or extrinsic or harmful or helpful just depending on a person's situation whether yeah. it be i don't know like socioeconomic status or like if if a person absolutely has to work more than one job yeah and things like that which oh it's a whole nother thing yeah, that's a dive into right now that's a, I mean, that's a huge conversation that, you know, we've been talking about as of recently that mm -hmm. when you take into account all these other factors, you know, of socioeconomic status and these conditions that people are living in, you know, there's different conditions that are allowing people to have different levels of happiness and mm -hmm be able to have so much agency around their schedules and their days. You know, some people have to work two to three jobs and that kind of gets into the concepts we we're going to talk about a little bit later of the rat race uh, and the mm -hmm. capitalistic structure of our American society that, you know, people have to work to survive and they don't have time. Well, at least they don't perceive that they have enough time to pursue happiness in their day-to-day -day lives um yeah. and it's incredibly incredibly sad that this is the reality that a lot of americans are living in uh you know and this is the pursuit of the american dream you know, that mm -hmm. everybody's kind of stuck in this rat race of not truly being happy in their lives and mm -hmm. it's it's incredibly sad to, to think about that this is how a lot of American society is operating. Yeah. And I feel like some people might hear that and maybe they haven't been educated on it or experienced it anywhere. And they'll be like, I don't know what you're talking about, which it's just, ugh. 
you have to really put it into perspective and think if these people in these positions don't if if they if they pretty much are forced to have to work more than one job and they don't have the time like you said or the agency to control their schedule to get proper sleep eat a proper diet or yeah i mean really and that in itself will take away from all these concepts that we're talking about mm -hmm. and be becoming happier it's really difficult <laughs> yeah yeah um just kind of going into uh some a reading that is on the topic of this uh the book happier by tal ben shahar uh it's a book um that kind of talks about these concepts that we're talking about today uh, and how to be happier. Uh, and I I haven't read the whole book. We only read like a, a bit of an excerpt of the book for our class, but I can see how the book is laid out and I'm extremely interested in reading the whole book. And as of right now, I would recommend it for people who are listening um, and are interested in this concept. Uh, but essentially, you know, the, the book starts off with a testimony of his own experience of experiencing accomplishment in his sport that he played, uh, I think, in college. Uh, mm -hmm. He won a championship that he had been pursuing his entire life. And he realized that after that accomplishment was achieved, there was this like emptiness feeling that he accomplished this goal, but now he felt like empty afterwards. Like there was like nothing, like it wasn't as fulfilling to achieve that goal as he thought it was going to be. Um, and I just, I think that's really interesting because I, you know, I can relate to that and, different aspects of my life you know I've pursued things that had an end goal and got to the end goal and then afterwards you know like in the moment yeah it feels great it's awesome afterwards it's like you know what now you know that, that wasn't as fulfilling as I really thought it was going to be I'm not at a next level of happiness that I thought I was going to be once I achieved this so now what yeah, exactly. So now what, what do I have to do or accomplish next? Yeah. So mindset there. Um, yeah. yeah, I think with things like that, um, when you accomplish a goal that you're, you've been striving for, and in the author's case of that book, you've been striving for it for his whole life, really, it sounded like, and just so much dedication I think that he said once he achieved it, it felt like a temporary relief, mm -hmm. maybe. And that's all that it really was. And he had thought that winning that championship was necessary for fulfillment and fulfillment was necessary for happiness. But really, it just didn't end up working out that way. And that's the same for not only with sports and accomplishment in that sense, but every aspect of life, it can translate over to school um, and even on different levels. Like, I, I want to do well on this test. Okay, great. I did or I didn't. 
Now I have to do well in the next test. And then now I have to do, do well in this project for this other class or I have to graduate and then I have to go to work. Well, where mm -hmm. am I going to work? Mm -hmm. And then now I want to get a raise at my job. Mm -hmm. Just never ending. Yeah, it feels like there's just this never ending cycle of setting a goal and then thinking that once you achieve that goal, you're going to be happy, you know, mm -hmm. and I think that it's a it's a trend that I've seen in my life. And I think a lot of people can really resonate with that, that you feel, you know, for me, you know, just giving an example of my life, right? It's okay, graduate high school, right? Where am I going to college? Oh, I got into college and I'm going to pursue my track career in college, right? I have that set up for me. Now I'm here. Um, it, that's great. That's fantastic. But, you know, what's what's next for me now? You know, my, my track career and college career undergraduate is almost over. What's next? You know, and I'm constantly setting a next thing to do, next thing to do. And I'm realizing, you know, I I don't know if I'm as happy as I projected myself to be when I was, you know, thinking about these things. You know, it's like now I'm thinking about grad school, what I'm doing next, what job I'm going to get, you know. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, oh, once I get this job, once I earn this master's degree, once I do this, 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 like, then I'll be happy, then I'll be set. But it's starting to become a conversation of, you know, recognizing and realizing that that's not an, a system of operation that's beneficial. You know, the question now becomes, how can I pursue like a lasting happiness from my day-to-day -day life? How can I pursue and enjoy my day-to-day? -day? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a really good example. Um, but yeah, just it's it's tough to not think about what comes next sometimes. Um, and I, I think it's normal to always want more, or at least it's good to want more. But at the same time, you have to recognize, like you were saying, that just by overemphasizing and putting so much pressure on achieving one goal that in the grand scheme of things isn't gonna be like the end all be all this is my this is gonna make me feel so much better because at the end of the day it really no matter what it is it probably won't mm -hmm. and i think that kind of can bridge us into a next point of um choosing to become happier as a lifelong pursuit and i remember we talked about how the question am i happy is troubling um and it suggests that happiness is a binary which if you ask yourself that am i happy you say yes or no um it'll lead you to frustration and dissatisfaction for whichever your whichever your answer is because if you say that you're happy then that's kind of suggesting well okay i can't feel sad then if i'm happy and if i'm not happy then how am I going to get there? Which maybe isn't the worst thing, but I think instead of saying or suggesting that you're either happier or not, the better question is how can I be happier? Um, 
because that acknowledges that happiness is an infinite continuum and pursuit instead of a yes or no question. Yeah. And I think they kind of like, yeah, the way that you said it's like a continuum. Like, I think mm-hmm. a lot of people, including myself at one point, like had this idea of like, happiness is this, you know, happiness looks like this. This is mm-hmm. once I achieve this life, then I'll be happy. You know, I, I had like a very boxed up idea of what happiness looks like yeah. um, and I think flipping your perspective from it being like a boxed idea of happiness to kind of just enjoying moment to moment different experiences in your day to day it gives you a different perspective on happiness um, rather than it being like some goal or result that you're achieving it's just your experiences that you're having from day to day yeah yeah i agree and included in those experiences day to day there can be negative feelings and you can still be happy mm-hmm. which i think is important to realize um because i for a long time thought for me to be happy i can never be sad which is just not not true because it's never going to happen. Like, you're never going to not have negative feelings. And so to anybody listening, if you believe that in order for you to be happy, you can't ever have a negative feeling, I need you to take that out of your brain, forget it, throw it away, because it's not true. Toss it in the garbage. Yeah, throw that, <laughs> throw that away. Oh. Um, um. Yeah. yeah, and there's there's no point of a perfect happiness either, but you can always do things and maybe like cognitively reframe things in your mind to become happier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about some of those things that you can start incorporating into your life to maybe achieve this. Uh, well, achieve isn't the right way that I want to put it because that you know kind of plays uh-huh. into the whole thing but yeah. you know you you get what i'm trying to say uh, the language just can't capture <laughs> exactly what i'm trying to yeah. say but um you know oh. in that same book uh happier it, there's different archetypes that are brought up um that people tend to operate under and the happiness archetype is one ar- archetype that essentially you know you should be striving to operate under um, and this is the happiness archetype is like a complete experience with both the present and future uh and essentially the past too you, know, you want like a complete picture of your life um and and incorporating all those different factors into it um and happy people live secure in the knowledge that the activities that bring them enjoyment in the present will also lead to fulfilling future. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think that's essentially, you know, what the happiness archetype is trying to say is that, you know, enjoying this present moment now is going to lead to a present future rather than hoping that, you know, 
I'm just going to put my head down and work, 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 and then I'll be happier a couple months down the road when I achieve this. No, it's more so saying, like, I'm going to be happy today uh, doing this activity that is, well, I I feel like an example. So, like, let's say working out, you know, that's a, I feel like I'm seeing a lot of things on, like, TikTok, social media of a lot of people really starting to get into, like, working out in like gym culture and becoming Mm -hmm. gym rats you know so I think that you know like the perspective of say you're a a new person starting off at the gym you know you shouldn't be going to the gym every day thinking about oh I can't wait until you know six months from now when I'm 20 pounds shed it off and I'm looking so much better you know that's that's operating underneath the rat race kind of archetype Mm -hmm. whereas you know the happiness archetype is you know i have a gym session scheduled out today i'm going to go into this gym session today and i'm going to enjoy this gym session today to the best that i can i'm going to enjoy it to the fullest and i know that by doing that by enjoying this present moment it's going to benefit me in the future yeah yeah i think that's really important because if you just focus on like a longer term goal like oh yeah in six months when i'm shredded like you said Mm -hmm. that'll make you dread going to the gym so much yeah every day until you get to your goal Mm -hmm. which i think is important too i'm not sure if we ever mentioned this in the last episode or this one but short shorter term goals are really good um and they can go hand in hand with long-term goals but it's important not to forget about the short term um because if you accomplish all of your short-term goals that you set then you're going to achieve your long-term goals mm-hmm. but regardless like you were saying I, I think the gym example is a really good one um and but yeah like i hate to say it but society really is the one that rewards people for um completing tasks and results and in your gym example having like a good body image Mm -hmm. which yeah i mean body positivity is coming around but a lot of people still just, you know what I'm trying to say. Society rewards completing tasks and results. And so it's up to us to reward ourselves for the process of getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, and trying to fall in love with the process, which sounds so cliche, but really, like, for me now, I enjoy what I'm doing with my diet and with my daily routine and it's not very <laughs> a lot of the things that i do on a day-to-day basis aren't very pleasurable but i do enjoy doing it still because it's just a part of the process to get myself to where i want to be mm-hmm. and that in itself makes me happy or happier um yeah I yeah. think that falls into the happiness archetype. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like another thing, uh, this is kind of getting into kind of 
some of the exercises or daily practices that you can do to maybe incorporate trying to actively be happier throughout your days. Um, and one of those things is creating rituals um, instead of, you know, cultivating self-discipline as a means towards change we need to introduce uh rituals and rituals um can make you happier by just having you know ritualizing different experiences in your day you know it some of the the rituals that you could start incorporating in your day is such as like gratitude uh a daily gratitude practice um meditation uh, those are some like two of the like most prominent ones that come to mind. Mm -hmm. Um, and another one that I'm just thinking of uh at the moment is kind of maybe just like I and this goes hand in hand with meditation, but it's more so of like a going throughout your day of being mindful. And with that, I mean, not letting like certain circumstances damper your whole day say something doesn't go exactly as you planned or envisioned it in your head if you're being mindful uh, of yourself uh, and your emotions you won't let something like so small uh, or something that yeah essentially it's small in the grand scheme of things is what I'm getting at is like it's not exactly how you envision it to be, but, you know, if you're being mindful of that, um, you're not going to let that ruin your day. You're not going to let that seep into other parts of your day. You're going to be mindful of, you know, this isn't exactly how I planned it to be, but I'm going to make the best of it uh, kind of thing. And, you know, that kind of like reminds me of, experience that I had just over spring break I I planned to go to a yoga session at the studio in my hometown uh and so I showed up there at the time that like it said on the website that the the session was and you know I'm getting all registered me and my brother went and you know we were excited to do yoga and the person uh at the desk was like you know, this isn't like a yoga session, right? It's like, I mean, I thought it was, but like, I guess we'll just, we'll do whatever it is then. Um, you know, instead of like being upset, like I went in there with the intention of doing yoga. I ended up doing like uh, a hit um, workout. A hit workout is like high intensity interval training, uh, mm -hmm. which is incredibly different than yoga which I you know went in there to do I went in there to relax and like kind of get zen out you know but I ended mm. up doing some high intensity training and another thing that was pretty like funny about the circumstance is I walked into this class and as soon as I walked in me and my brother um it was a room full of like 70 year old grandmothers and they were all like, Oh my goodness. Like there's somebody in here the, under the age of 70. <laughs> and, and it was just so funny to, 
that was an enjoyable serendipitous experience to me. It was, you know, it wasn't an experience that I was expecting to have. You know, I wanted, I wanted to to relax, and this is what it was advertised to me on the website to be. Um, <laughs> they had different plans for you that day. I had different plans for me, you know, and I think that maybe in a different time in my life, I would have been upset about that circumstance. I would have maybe even turned around out of the studio that day uh, if I wasn't being mindful of myself and and my emotions and whatnot. And I just decided to enjoy a new experience, you know, and I think that kind of just plays into, you know, the concepts that we're talking about today. So. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. Um, I want to go back to um, rituals for a second. I think so you you said the gratitude journal, um, meditating maybe. I forget what else you had mentioned. Like mindfulness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think two um more ideas for you people for those who are listening. I almost said you people. You people. But, you uh, people. <laughs> 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 You but, people that are listening right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I was thinking about your gym example. I think some capacity of exercise, and maybe every day, if you are a beginner with working out maybe a couple days a week, but I think physical activity would definitely be a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, and hey, if you have a dog, make sure you ritualize walking your dog. Because not only will that make you feel better, but it will make their entire day, mm-hmm. which should in turn make you a little happier. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and I mean, if there's anything that we're not coming up with that you've had in your mind for a while, like, oh, I should start doing this and you just haven't done it, try and really get around to ritualizing it and not relying as much on self-discipline, but rather... Um, knowing that you're taking the time for yourself to do something that will be beneficial for you. And that that should hopefully make it a lot easier to be consistent with. 30 minutes. That's all I'm going to say. 30 minutes. You have 30 minutes in your day that you know you could set aside to do something. I don't know what that is in your mind, in your world, but you have 30 minutes of your day that you can set aside to do whatever it is that you know that you will make you happier, you know, mm-hmm. in your day to day. You can set aside 30 minutes. So set yeah. aside that 30 minutes and do that activity and ritualize that activity. And with with time and energy, you will find yourself being happier from day to day. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, we're going to close up and leave on that note. Um, Mm -hmm. And we just hope that everyone stays watering their plants. Yes.